Before we get started with today's show, I want to tell you about another great ESPN podcast, the CJ McCollum Show, where every week New Orleans Pelican star CJ McCollum discusses names and storylines in and around the NBA with inside perspective you can only get from someone in the locker room and on the floor. That's the CJ McCollum Show. Listen where you are listening to this podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to The Right Time. My name is Bomani Jones. Thanks for listening wherever you get your podcast. Thanks for watching us on YouTube. Rate us, review us, give us five stars. You only give us four stars, I'm inclined to believe. You are a hater. It is that time of week where we have a guest join us coming to us live and early from uh, sunny Southern California. <laughs> check her out, well, kind of everywhere now, but also to be specifically check out the Mina Kime Show with Lenny and Dominique. Mina Cobbs, what's going on? Hey, it's been a while. Yeah, man, it has. I tell people that we record this in the morning and you were on the West, <laughs> and that's why we don't have you on more, but you were kind enough to make it happen, you know, got got the little Pippi Longstocking going for us and everything. I appreciate it. I'm just glad the sun is up right now. I was worried about that because <laughs> it's like hard for me to work when the sun is not up. I don't know if you've done the morning shows, you know, like get up or and you're just like, what am I doing? Like, why am I here? What is this for? And so anyways, at least the day has begun over here. Man, doing morning drive radio when you don't do morning drive radio all the time is the monster. And these they'd be cool about it. Like when I was in North Carolina, they'd be like, a, yo, I'll be there 15 minutes late. My bad, dog. Like, sorry, I'm not accustomed to getting to work at six o'clock. Like you can't, you can't expect that of those of us who don't do this all the time. That was my first um, gig at ESPN. I was doing morning radio on the weekends. First, it really? was the Fancy Show, which uh, is like where they start a lot of people who are inexperienced in radio, or they used to. And then the other one was the Morning Roast with Dominic Foxworth and Clinton Gates. I was on Sunday mornings. Oh, that's right. That was like 9 to 12, right? Yeah. So, But I was on the West Coast right, in the second exactly. half of it. So it was 6 to 12. So my Saturdays were tanked. <laughs> man we're gonna get around the nfl there's a lot that's going on in this year league right now like we're officially at that point in the nfl season where we can make anything into whatever it is that we <laughs> want it to be right and then any team yeah. that's been really really good up until this point little 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 bit of a stain on them and all of a sudden we go like totally throw that out of whack and everything <laughs> i guess that's the eagles time now or are we gonna do that with the eagles I think we've pivoted from the Bills to the Eagles right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that feels right. Yeah. The Eagles, I was watching. I'm curious about this. Um, yeah. I was watching on Get Up before we got started here, and uh, Dominique and Chris Candy were having it back and forth because Candy made what I thought was a good point, which is, hey, man, the Eagles have given up 160 yards rushing in back-to-back -back weeks. Yeah. One would think that's a big problem. Dominique's argument is that it doesn't really matter that much if you can stop the run in this day and age. I feel like the inflection point on that, however, is well before 160 yards yeah. per game. I think Dominique and I got into this a little bit too. I think of like the four, like if you're going to choose between being bad at passing offense, rushing offense, run defense, pass defense, run defense might be the thing you can choose, the you know assumption that you can bow up in the red zone. But we just saw a Cowboys team lose to Green Bay largely because of their run defense and for the Eagles in particular it is a weakness it goes beyond like total yards by the way when you dig in on all the nerd numbers it's ugly okay it's mm -hmm. very ugly but then when you look ahead to the playoffs who are the teams they're likely to play San Francisco Gr uh, Dallas which is one of the best rushing teams in the NFL hell even maybe Green Bay I don't know or Seattle or whatever and and suddenly you realize oh damn this could be Achilles heel for an otherwise pretty pretty stacked team yeah, I feel like front seven guys look at that differently than Dominique does, right? Like Dominique's <laughs> over there, like, run the ball 50 times a game. That sounds yeah. like the easiest day I've ever had. Like, I've just always looked at rushing. It's And I guess the numbers at some point would quantify and capture some of these phenomena, but still, just getting hit in the mouth over and over yeah. again and not being able to do anything about it. You're just not going to tell me that that's not a disastrous situation. The Bills and the Jets, man, that last Jets drive where they had Jim Robinson just running counter three times in a row and the Bills couldn't stop it. Yeah, you can't tell me that's not humiliating to, when you know the team is going to come in and run it and you can't do anything about it. We actually did a segment on the NFL Live about how rushing production is up this year for the first time in a minute, especially on early downs. Um, and a lot of that just has to do with 
there's many reasons we kind of got into it, but a lot of it, I think you'd probably find this interesting, is just the kinds of players who are playing defense have evolved. And so now suddenly, if you're a smash mouth team, you have a bit of an edge. Yeah, at some point, I do feel like the game is going to come around to more power running just for the exact reason that you pointed out. We're putting these lighter linebackers out there on the field. Like, there is nowhere for LeVar Kirkland to play in the modern NFL, right? Like, dudes like that, we don't have a place for them. So at some point, the reason they were out there was we needed to stop you from running the ball. I don't think that people are necessarily going to revert to, like, going back to the I formation 65% of the time and then running the ball. But they're going to find a way to just beat the hell out of you, especially as we don't have nearly as many of those, like, 340-pound linemen anymore because you need to be a bit quicker to make this happen. And it's going to be like basketball. We're like, oh, the game's going to go small. Noah's going to go to big guys who do small things. Can I get really nerdy for a second? Do it. I was was digging into this because I wanted to see why – rushing was so much better on early downs my first thought was it was the way defenses because you know defenses play the pass more but actually there were it wasn't like light boxes as much as I thought and then what I found and this kind of squares with what I've seen is so for years in the NFL you know when it was the Shanahan scheme right from like 2016 through 20 arguably or you could go back even further um, and so every team was running outside zone this year, outside zone is not working, and teams are doing it less. And power, to your point, gap concepts are way up, and they're kicking ass. Like, the average power run in the NFL goes for about five yards per carry on first down right now. And I really think it's it's what you said. It's just the bodies that are in the league right now. They can't stop it as well as they used to. And I got to say, I am glad to see it. Like, this is an analogy <laughs> I thought about the are. other day. I'm curious what you think about this. The NFL went from giving us dramas to giving us action movies, right? Like all this passing, it's the stunts, it's the explosion and everything else. And it can make for an enjoyable afternoon. But I look back on, and this is where I start trying to remember how much older I am to everybody else that's involved. I don't know if you remember the last game of the 1993 NFL season. That's pretty Emma nice. Smith, <laughs> the Cowboys and the Giants. Emma Smith with a separated shoulder, right? Like a clearly an obvious separated shoulder. And they just kept putting the ball in his stomach over and over and over again. And the Cowboys just beat the hell out of the Giants to win the division, going all the way down. Nothing will ever be as compelling as watching that or like watching somebody throw for 500 yards. It's never going to be that. Like there is something incredibly dramatic about the grinded out game of football that you don't quite have anymore when it comes to those tight moments, right? Like I I don't watch football for scheme. And I feel like we have fallen in love with scheme in such a way that I'm just kind of like, it was kind of more interesting before. (laughs) Dude, you are too young to be having these old man (laughs) takes. You're older than me, but you're not that much older than me. And you're you're fully get off my lawn, run the ball, pound the rock. Look, I I appreciate, well, one, what I certainly appreciate about new school football is deploying the athleticism of the quarterback, right? Like Mm -hmm, this was a paradigm change that there was no reason for it. Well, there's a reason why they waited so long, but they didn't have to do that. Finally, they just decided they needed to win so bad that they just couldn't afford to try to protect this position for certain people and try to keep certain people out. I understand that game had to change. So, like, I do appreciate that, and I can enjoy and appreciate the modern passing game, but I also feel like at some point we need to address the fact somehow we have created a passing game that this country only produces, like, one dude every two years that can actually do it. Yeah. That feels like a fundamental flaw in the structure of the game that we're watching. Yeah, but then, now you've got teams, I think because of the quarterback run game, who are able to make offense like a lot easier for the likes of a, a Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones, man. <laughs> if it, it, Everything, it, it, it's all turned back around, and now we've got the white rushing quarterback that, yes. right now at the moment. Uh, probably there were a lot of... Uh, I, I can actually think of a few over the years that uh, because of the way the NFL was as it pertains to dual threat quarterbacks, which is correct, it was more initially born of attitude about stereotypes and who can play quarterback. Probably a lot of white dual threat quarterbacks didn't get the shot that Daniel Jones or and to a lesser extent Josh Allen is getting now. 
Yo, I would love to see if there we could get together like a room of salty ass, fast white dudes who just didn't have their right time. Like, you know, like oh, we, yeah, we know yeah. all the black dudes that we could go back and be like, man, if it was a different time, they would have got yeah. a chance and everything else. Because even these fast white dudes now, it took their coaches three years to like yeah. fully realize it. They only did it with Daniel Jones. They're like, damn, he's really just not going to be able to throw the ball, huh? But he okay. can run. He's really fast. Like it blows my mind. That with him, and it was the same thing with Josh Allen. I was like, well, nobody ever taught you how to run before, huh? Because he was out there running looking like he didn't know how to use his legs when it first got started. <laughs> he doesn't really run. He rumbles. Yes. Like, he doesn't, yeah. He, Daniel Jones actually, I, I think, is also a very graceless runner. Not to, he's a very fast runner. He's got great yeah. straight line speed. But, I mean, you still can't wipe the image of him tripping at the end of that one long <laughs> run out of your mind. And, and now, yeah, they, you're right. It, it's incredible that it took this long for, like, a court coach to just fully lean into it and kind of recognize him for who he is. I've given you, I, I don't know if I've done this, but like my, my full nerd theory on this one, because I mean, the last, when you start counting the years, it's really from like 05 kind of to present, not so much, but kind of to present. Cause 04, you got three potential hall of fame quarterbacks and in 04 in the draft that is, and the truth is, they're going to be three of them, but one of them is going to be Eli Manning, and I just don't feel like talking about that right now with you people. But after that, man, white quarterbacks in particular, the league wasn't producing them. It's like Aaron Rodgers, Matt Ryan, Joe Flacco, and the fact that we're putting Matt Ryan, well, I guess Matt Ryan won an MVP and Joe Flacco won a Super Bowl, but still, the fact that these are the guys that we're throwing out on this list yeah. helped to illustrate the point. There was this lag where it seemed like teams did not realize that the speed on defense had gotten to a point where you needed guys that could move and make things happen, right? But the paradigm of the quarterback was stuck in the idea that there's actually something wrong with somebody who can move and make things happen. So they kept going out there and drafting these guys, white and black, by the way, that did not fit the new yeah. NFL. Like you think of a guy like EJ Manuel, for example, that dude never had no chance, man. I mean, I still can't believe anybody took him in the first round. That was hysterical when it happened. I literally died laughing in my living room when that happened. But the league was so slow to realize what had happened. And then once they seemed to catch up, we had that draft in 2020 where you got, was it, two of Justin Herbert and who's the other one? He was probably the number one pick. I just can't think of who it was. So it was around there. Oh, but those yeah. three guys could ball. Yeah, that w w God, twenty twenty was uh, who was it was uh, Burrow was first. Yeah, yes, Burrow. Burrow, Burrow okay. yeah, yeah. Another guy that can move. Yeah, yes, another guy that can. I mean, it really two thousand twelve was kind of a turning point as far as quarterback selection because that was the um, Russell Wilson RG. I'm doing it in wrong order, but it was actually the yeah. Andrew Luck RG three Russell Wilson <laughs> Kirk Cousins draft. And, um, and Ryan Tannehill, don't leave him out. Don't and Ryan Tannehill, uh, Luck and Tannehill, two white guys who can move. By the way, yes, and um, you know that was as you remember the when re the read option finally hit the nfl in a big way and then there was like a bit of a lag and then i i, I feel like there were some mobile quarterbacks that were still a little bit undervalued um but yeah i do i wonder if you look at a class like 2021 which has been so underwhelming in so many ways and you know we see trevor lawrence kind of coming on a bit but and you look at the quarterback the one healthy quarterback trey lance doesn't play and justin fields who can move and finally see what chicago is doing with him and you wonder, like, okay, but that took a year and a half. Like, we're really still, <laughs> which is funny. You remember Justin Fields didn't really run. In we all knew he was an athletic monster, but he really didn't run that much at Ohio State. But that's no excuse. Like, it's crazy to me that it took this long for the Bears. I mean, granted, there were some coaching changes, but still to lean into that. Like, why else would you take him? Yeah. <laughs> like, 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 I think, I mean, he has all those physical tools. He's big, he's yeah. strong, he's got that arm. He's another, uh, not slow release is not the way to put it, but it could take him a while to decide where he's going to wind up going with the ball. Yeah. And if, I mean, if, and, and to be fair to Justin Fields, I can say the same thing about Josh Allen. Like there's a lot of guys that fit that description. He's not going to be the quick game guy. And that's fine. Like Cam Newton was a guy that wasn't going to be the quick game guy. Josh Allen is a guy that's not going to be the quick game guy. But I would have thought if I had Justin Fields, just to buy myself some time, like I'm yes. that naggy. I'm just trying not to get fired. Why don't we just get out here and do what we know this cat can do? And now you're not even buying yourself time. You're buying the quarterback time to figure out how to play the freaking position. Like you see that with Justin Fields. His processing is ticking up a little bit and the passing does improve. And he's still not there as, as a passer, in, in my opinion. But at least now he's in a functional offense where he, the threat of the run and also what he does for the rest of the run game is pretty impressive. Keeps the chains moving. And then he's in more third and manageables and he's not panicking and he's not sitting back on, you know, 
forced to be a drop back passer on third and long. Like it just, it's crazy to me. I don't know. Like I, and I would think like, I mean, we, we don't talk about next year's draft. It's, there's some guys who can move, but it, it is amazing that it's still, even though there's like, if you look at the top of the quarterbacks in the NFL right now, so many of them are dual threat quarterbacks yet at the draft every year, it still feels like it's a little bit devalued. Spring is the best time to add new challenges to your training. Just in time for summer and warmer days. I've been in the gym a little bit trying to get my fitness in check so I can break these skinny allegations I keep getting. And spring is the best time of the year to take a new look at your fitness routine, dial it up a notch, and continue powering off. Peloton has everything you need to get you where you're going. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, row, or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton has something for you. Peloton's varying class lengths were designed with your training plan in mind. Personalize your workout. Whether you'd like to add a 10-minute course session at the end of your strength class or take a 60-minute power zone ride to increase your endurance. Peloton classes are designed to help focus on your needs and goals while challenging yourself at every level. Now you can catch up on your favorite NBA games with NBA League Pass while you push yourself to new levels of fitness. Watch your favorite games and win your workouts with NBA League Pass on Peloton and visit OnePeloton.com. Peloton all-access membership and NBA League Pass subscription required. I got bored the other night and I was just doing some wiki draft page diving. (laughs) From 2013 to 2016, right? 2017 was a bit of a bumper class because you get Mahomes and Watson, right? 2013 through 2016, except for fourth round pick Dak Prescott, all we got was journeymen. Everybody was yeah. a journeyman, um, including Geno Smith, who now seems to be a capable quarterback. But 2013 draft journeyman, 2014 journeyman. If they're not out of the league, Blake Bortles is already out of the league. Johnny Manziel is already out of the league. Teddy Bridgewater journeyman, 2015. The only reason Jameis Winston and Marcus Mariota are not yet journeymen is because they got one more team to get to, right? Like (laughs) Mitchell Trubisky, congratulations. You're already a journeyman. You got to team number three. Um, 2016, Jerry Goff, just waiting on one more team so he can become a journeyman. Um, Carson Wentz, deep in his journeyman journey. He will be on another team next year as he is the journeyman. And Paxton Lynch got drafted somewhere in there. 2016, that's right. I've already completely forgotten about that gentleman. His journey was right back to the shack. How many stops do you have to go to to be a journeyman? Three? I think it's, I think it's stop three. Stop three, yeah. I think yeah. it's stop three. And you know what it probably is? It's that second one-year contract. And I guess Jerry Goff got traded, so he didn't have to go to that second one-year contract. But that second time that they're like, eh, it might work. You yeah. a journeyman. You think the commies are going to go back to Wentz? They can't. They They can't. They can't. You know what's so wild about Carson Wentz is, normally when you hear that everybody doesn't like a person, you can see it. (laughs) And it doesn't seem to be present with him. Like, this seems to come up all the time. It's like, yo, they don't really rock with him like that. I'm like, wow, what is he doing? Yeah. That's actually a great point. It's it's not palpable. Like, when he gives interviews, he just kind of seems like a normal (laughs) run-of-the-mill... generic guy you know there's yeah. nothing that jumps out it's not like a rogers we're like oh i, I can see what's going on there yes. in the locker room i can i can imagine the conversations you're having but when you watch once you don't see it and you really don't get that many anonymous stories too about him being a like <laughs> but yet you're right literally everywhere this dude goes it's it seems to end poorly for him i don't know he, that's interesting th- does he run bible study because normally guys like him they just like their connection with everybody else is because the NFL is a fairly conservative world and a very Christian world is you come in there and you run the Bible study and then how can they be mad at you? That was this thing with Reich that um, they were both Bible brothers, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but yeah, that you never heard that again. Yeah, you never heard that being a thing that bothered everybody. I, I, but like, like, I was actually thinking about this the other day, like, how many quarterbacks are there in the NFL right now that people really don't like? Like, because you talk about the young school, everybody likes all of them, I've yeah. found. Like, the last probably like four classes of quarterbacks, for the most part, I mean, Baker's not really, Baker's a journeyman. No, yes. no, he's got one more stop, right? Yeah, right. but yeah, but he's there. He's on, he's on the he, way. He's, he's, <laughs> what, he what, just what, lo- what he looks like. Once you get PJ Walker, you're on the way, buddy. PJ Walker, true, true journeyman. Um, 
Yeah, it, it, but but other than him, like there there's no one. They're all pretty like friendly and uncontroversial. Maybe it's because they grew up in the social media age and they just know how to like comport themselves. What? But that's more of a public thing. I would say even just privately, you never hear about. There's no like even like a Big Ben. Like there's no there's no right. real like, I don't know polarizing quarterbacks in the league. Well, well, well. There's one. Oh, yeah. You're, but amongst your, his teammates, your guy. Well, he used to be your guy. Oh, oh, yeah, but he's older. I meant more recently. Oh, yeah, yes. fair, fair, fair. You're right, my bad. Because yeah, where, yeah. <laughs> where are you on that with him? Because Domin- it's funny. Dominique's like the the third wheel here because we're just referring mm. to him because we both talked to him so much. We both have arrived at a place where we feel bad for him. Are oh, you yeah, there yeah, yet? yeah. You're there. Oh, yeah. Okay, you're there with us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we've been there. It, it it reached a certain point. So I think I told you this. I've been off like the public Twitter timeline for basically this entire calendar year because it was making me think less of my friends. Yeah. Um, And of course, toxicity and everything else. Yeah. But anyway, (laughs) so I started using Apple News to get my news stuff. Okay. Man, the way they would bombard me with all these over-the-top Russell Wilson stories that went beyond personality and went to football stuff. And it would be like, well, some guy has a get, has a good game. This is why this team was lucky to take him and not take Russell Wilson. Like it was, it was at every turn that people were coming down on him. And again, it was so wild. Cause for me and you we're like, you know, he's, this is, this is what it's been, right? Yes. Like, like this is, this is how, it's not like he went to start playing for like the New York giants and got into this major media market. And now everybody saw it. He went to Denver and it all fell apart. It fell apart because he's bad, right? That's what bothers yes. me about it. You're right. He's always been this guy. He's always been an embarrassing person. It, you know, like that's <laughs> none of that's new. Um, he never hurt anyone. He's just kind of, I, by from what I gather, like a little bit annoying. <laughs> it's like whatever. But yeah, I I, I, I know it's this is how it always is in sports, but like like where basically we view everything through the lens of accomplishment, good and bad. But I think to see so many people take strong public stances the second he kind of falls apart, I, I don't it, I don't love that. I don't know. I Maybe, I'm, I I felt like, am I being soft for thinking this is kind of lame? No, but, it, just went, it just went too far. Like once the kicker yeah. started making jokes on the plane, that's when it was like, oh, we're just, we're just allowing anybody it's to open do season. this now. Right. I don't care if he's the greatest kicker of all time. Yeah. Like, right, right. Like, y'all pulled his draws up all the way through his body his first day on the team, I bet. And now he gets the clown on Russell <laughs> Wilson? Yeah, it, it's that. It's the tone of it is a little weird, I find. Um, I don't know. He's tough, though. I mean, I don't know who's advising him on, like, public relations, but he needs he needs new advice. But we also got to get back to to him. Like, we're just talking strictly football to the question yeah. of, is he cooked? Pretty cooked, man. Uh, yeah, I get asked about this a lot. Like, did he look this bad in Seattle? And it's kind of like a yes and no. Um, I think you're really seeing why the Seahawks were so willing to try. I mean, there are other reasons why. I think the fact that you even see Pete Carroll getting in on a little of the gloating, by the way, um, shows you the extent of, I wouldn't say like necessarily that how much they didn't like each other, but that Pete Carroll didn't love being blamed entirely for the offensive struggles near the end is I think why that probably is happening. But I would say Russell Wilson's last two and a half, maybe two years in Seattle, you saw a lot of what you're seeing now, which is him trying to force the ball downfield when it's not there against certain looks and then not having the mobility to get out of trouble. And now it feels like that's just been turned up to 11 and nobody there thought that his contract would age well. And I got to think in Denver, I mean, forget about this year, they're linked to him for a minute and it's that lack of mobility, I would say, that is the most concerning because so much of his game is predicated on buying time. Yeah, I think the reason that people didn't see it is what he doesn't do and what he has never done is throw interceptions. And yeah. if you want to keep people off the scent, keep a good touchdown interception ratio and people will let it slide. That's like at the various points of Tom Brady decline, I think that people were able to get away from it is that he's not going to throw interceptions. Russell yeah. Wilson's problem is He's taken 45 sacks a year, basically his entire career. And you and I both know this, and people don't realize it. Sacks are a quarterback statistic. Um, Justin Herbert, so far this year, I think has been sacked something like 12 times. Yeah. Like it's some incredibly low number. He's so good at that. Right. And that's with an offensive line that lost their left tackle, who was an all pro, and him having, you know, the the rib situation and everything else. But he's going to get the ball out of there. When those Colts offensive lines were not good with Andrew Luck, 
he got the ball out of there. The guys who take a lot of sacks take a lot of sacks every year. That's just how it goes. Yep, 100%. Yeah, and it's, for Wilson, it's just the cause of so many three and outs. And then every, you know, maybe like, six drives he'll do he'll, you'll, be, you'll see vintage russell wilson he'll make a crazy accurate throw downfield maybe he'll roll out and do something with his legs but there's just no consistency to what he does in offense in, in large part because of his it, in the past he took a lot of sacks but and watson has this has the same quality but it was canceled out by the magic you know you'd have maybe like he, he always took more sacks than other quarterbacks regardless of who was playing on the offensive line to your point but but he would he would always put together these like incredible explosive plays now, when the explosives aren't there, you just got a dude who's taking a lot of sacks. And it's, 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 it is alarming because you're absolutely right. That is one of the things that is pretty consistent year to year with quarterbacks. He's lucky now, though, because the Raiders decided to take on all the what's going on in AFC West. Like, man, being Josh McDaniels, losing to Jeff. Right. And I don't think it's quite as embarrassing or it shouldn't be quite as embarrassing as people make it out to be just because, I mean, all the other coaches were there. Right? Like just like Jeff's the guy to decide when to call the timeouts and all of that stuff. Right. Like it's not like Je- Jeff Saturday went in there and cooked up the amazing game plan that be Josh McDaniels. However, yo, it's not supposed to be like this. It's so brutal. And it's like especially brutal because I don't there's like 20 different reasons why they're sucking um <laughs> you know what I mean like it, it would be easier if you could be like oh Derek Carr's having a terrible year but like first of all they're like the worst defense in the NFL but like um and, and their stars haven't really played together but that's really not an excuse for how bad they've been they've been pretty unlucky in close games but there's like blown leads penalties they're still shedding their horrible few years of drafts I mean we're, we're, this team is like cutting first round draft picks right and left um and then yeah like it, there's I don't really know what they can do like what levers are there for for them to pull other than firing Josh McDaniels but then he just got the vote of confidence kiss of death maybe from yeah. Mark Davis oh no he cool know. Mark Davis ain't probably ain't got no money and probably can't afford to uh to, to fire him like 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 Derek Carr you're done in this town and I hate it because there are few people that I want good things to happen for more than Derek Carr right really like oh yeah like the way he handled that Henry Ruggs thing last year really made me look at him like, hey, that's a man right there. Like, that is that is a grown man who handles things and has a perspective in the world. Like, honestly, Derek Carr, if there was more of you, I would go to church. Like, that was that that that's how I feel about him. But they can get out from under that money at the end of the year. And again, Mark yeah. Davis, it's better now that they have the stadium, but his money game has always been a little weak and I just don't know if he would have the money to bail on McDaniel's contract but this is the Josh McDaniel's problem as it relates to next year that I don't think anybody is talking about okay Josh McDaniel's got to Denver looked at Jay Cutler and said no sir not me not the worst decision he ever had right made the trade got him out of there and in that next draft Josh McDaniel's had the opportunity to go get him a quarterback now to be fair it was a draft that did not have any quarterbacks, okay? But I remember that draft, and the Broncos kept trading down and trading down a little bit more, and traded all these little incremental trades to get to their first-round pick, and who did they take at quarterback? You remember? And you, Josh McDaniels first year? 2010. i give you a hint. You can throw the ball better than he can. Was it Locker? No. Tim. Who did they... Tebow. Oh, Tebow. Oh, my God. He's the man that. that took Tim Tebow in the first round, and the Raiders are going to let that man decide who the quarterback yeah. is that they're going to take next year. Do they even that have their first-round pick? Do they give it to Green Bay? I got to look at the draft. I don't know. Oh, that's like, a good point. They're inside. Well, this is, this is the worst place to be in as an NFL team, which is where you weren't supposed to rebuild. Denver's in this position as well. The team that went all in. It, it, the Rams contagion of the NFL. I don't want to I think some teams are actually profiting from it but the Ramsification <laughs> of this league is going to really claim some teams man because you got a team like Denver you got a team like Las Vegas that looks at their roster and said yeah we are a playoff team let's do it chips in draft picks out and then when you suck you're f- yeah. I mean <laughs> have you looked at Denver like we Seattle has their draft picks right uh they got that Russell Wilson contract same with Vegas. This is a team that made the playoffs last yes. year. They should not have, and it was, you know, whatever. But, like, they weren't supposed to rebuild. This is in Chicago. 
where everybody knows what the score is, you know? Like, they're in such a terrible position because of the way they approach this year. I mean, it's the constant with the Saints. But, like, the worst thing you can be in the NFL is, like, misdiagnosing the quality of your own football team. Well, the Raiders, it looks like, do have their first-round pick for next year. They do? Um, okay. NFL.com story saying they're in line for the number two pick in the draft. Oh, so okay. there you go. Yeah, good for you, Raiders. Um, but the Raiders, not only did they draft poorly, did they not also draft two guys in the first round that they had to let go of for criminal yes. issues? Yeah. I don't know if Mullen's on or on, um It was Arnett, right? It was, was Arnett, yeah. Damon and, Arnett. And I don't Ruggs. think he's on a team. And then of course Rugs, yeah. And then Abram, they just cut Abram. Yes. Um God, there's they, a haven't cut Cle- they haven't cut Cleveland Farrell yet. They must really like him. Was he fourth overall? Yes, that was that, that was the nuts. craziest of all the John Gruden picks. That was, was that so one nuts. right there? So many bad draft picks on that <laughs> team. Man. Like when they took Cleveland Farrell, that was one of those. I imagine those three Clemson guys, because they had the three guys, it was Christian Wilkins, Dexter Lawrence, yeah. and Cleveland Farrell on that same line. And None of them. Like when they heard that name go first, they all like, like what? Good, yeah, dog. <laughs> I was shocked that Lawrence went that high because of his position, but he's been really good this year. But yeah, yeah. No, I think it's Dave Gettleman. There was no way that you were going to put a very talented, athletic, three hundred fifty pound yeah, man in front of mind. Dave Gettleman and think that that pick was not going to be to happen immediately. Yeah, what he, hog mollies? What yes, them, right. Yeah, yes. is that is that up hog molly i don't know it feels no, no, whenever i say it i feel i'm like is that, is that something hog molly that? you got it you got it we go, um, we go get a little more rural in you before it's over okay uh yeah it's it you're right like it is probably distracting a little bit remember the afc west was supposed to, every team was supposed to make it to the playoffs yes and now that's going to be the afc east <laughs> i know where are you with <laughs> the afc east i mean there's only one reason I'm not saying they're all going to go to the playoffs, and it's McCorkle. Dude, but the best, by the way, the best thing Josh McDaniels has going for him this year is how much Mac Jones has regressed in yes. New England. He can point to that and say, look, guys, everything fell apart. Well, as well, hold as on. Left. That's the guy that people don't seem to like, right? Like, are we getting those whispers? Okay. Um, Years, yeah, there's there's a little bit of whispers, a little bit of local reporting about some conflict in the building. Just a little bit you know, Yo, simmering. Can you, can you imagine it being Bill Belichick and you out here getting back talk from Mac Jones? If that, yeah, I know. Especially Mac Jones playing terribly. Like, Yo, he's been really bad this year. I am surprised that Belichick just hadn't gone ahead and done it and just gone to the Zap Man. Like, yeah. From what I saw, the Zap Man seemed to have it. Like, what's his name? Jimmy Johnson wound up in this situation with the Cowboys, and, I mean, he was going to make the wrong decision, but he was trying to bench Aikman for Steve Walsh, and they had to come in and explain to him that, sir, was not an option. And apparently, even Bill Belichick understands this, because Mac Jones, who is not Troy Aikman in perception or you know or anything else, even he seems to know, nope, first-round pick, I can't just put him on the oak. This is not – I, yeah. I can't do that. But they got – they. I think – I mean, I can't even say they got a lemon, right? Like, I feel like they <laughs> bought a Honda Civic, and they knew it was a Honda Civic, and now Ooh. they out here trying to race people in this Honda Civic. And you can't say, I got jobs. Nope, you're the one that went and bought a Honda Civic. That's what's so puzzling about it. It's it's so funny because usually I do the reverse analogy where I say Justin Herbert's a Ferrari and they're driving him like a Civic yes. in, in Los Angeles. But you're right. The, like, why does Mac Jones take so many deep shots in this offense? It's not his game. I, I don't <laughs> understand. I watched that. I, I, I do think, look, a lot of his struggles this year just on him, but the scheme makes no sense for him. In fact, the... Part of the reason that man looks so good is because he fits into that under center play action offense. Mac Jones just doesn't. You got to do exactly what Nick Saban did. Put him in the gun, spread things out, just let him read the field and pew pew his way (laughs) up, you know? And like they seem determined. Again, this is the turns out maybe like hiring your buds as offensive coordinator when they've never done it before might not be the best solution. (laughs) But uh, they seem like determined to make him a guy he's not. And he every time he tries to draw downfield is when he gets into trouble because his arm ain't like that. I want to go back to something you mentioned earlier, the ramification of the league, because I enjoy mm. it because we see trades mm-hmm. and we went through this long thing, like <laughs> kind of nerdy economic theory, but an important point. 
You can only have a market for something if there are different valuations from people in the market. And what happened in the NFL was everybody started using the Jimmy Johnson draft chart. Mm. Therefore, nobody would really make any trades because they were all measuring utility the exact same way. So if it was a good trade for one side, it was by definition a bad one for the other. So we stopped. We saw people basically stop making these trades. These last couple of years, we've seen these huge ones that look like trades that you used to see back in the day. Like people talk about Herschel Walker. Yeah, but like go look at like the Eric Dickerson trade, for example, or the John Elway trade. Like yeah. there used to be big trades with a lot of dudes that were in them. But man, at some point, you're going to need the young and cheap. And the Rams are so thin. And I remember I saw this. I don't think I had a chance to hear Marcus up about this. But it was the day that he finally had to surrender and be like, oh, the salary cap, huh? Ah, is that, is yeah. That, is that, that what's happening great. here with the yeah, Rams? He, like, he whispered, I guess the cap is real. Buddy, <laughs> <laughs> look at New Orleans. Look at literally what's happened in the last two years. He's like, how can you? Yeah, 100%. That was great. And New Orleans had been kicking that can down the curb yes. for like 10 years. Yes. Talk about, again, to what I was saying, like the worst thing you can be is a team who doesn't know what you are. I don't know how New Orleans looked at their team headed into this season and thought, let's trade our draft picks and and move up and get, throw some money at James Winston and Andy Dunn. This is going to work. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the Rams, I mean, when you do that, when you go all in, when you f*** them picks, you got to hit on so many things. You certainly can't miss on the signings that the Rams have missed on. Um, and it's the hangover. Let me ask you this, though. Is it worth it? Like, if you get the Super Bowl, do you care if you suck for the next few years? That's a good question. I would care if we sucked for the next few <laughs> years. Like, I feel like that is a question that we often throw to fans. Yeah. But the calculus feels like it should be a bit different if you're in the front office. Um, but no, I would not. I don't think that I would be willing to make that trade. And the thing I think that, is interesting about the Rams in that regard is I feel like they got kind of lucky with that Super Bowl that they won. Like that wasn't a great team. They, yeah. yes, they had, had Jalen, Jalen Ramsey, Aaron Donald, you know, Stafford. Okay. Uh, Cooper cup, a guy that they lucked into in the draft, right. Who turned into be a top three wide receiver in the league. But I felt like a few things broke, right. And they managed to get a Super Bowl, but none of us thought that that was a great team. Like, it might get Matthew Stafford into the Hall of Fame. I can't believe that. But, you know, here we are. I would not think it's going to be worth it because, look, Aaron Donald, if I had to guess, he's going to retire after this year. If he was thinking about retiring after last year, I don't know why in the world he'd come back this year. Matthew Stafford, one of those guys, is going to be easier for us to forget. Next year is year 15. He's probably cooked. So how and when do you repair this? Like when are they, when and where are they going to get a quarterback from? Because they need to be looking at a quarterback right now. Yeah. They're not like, unless a few of those draft picks turn what we're seeing now. I mean, they'll be better than they were here are because they'll have some more of their offensive line will be healthy. They have lost like a ton of dudes, but there's just a lot of holes on the rest of that roster. Like it's hard for me to think, okay, you know, they're going to be, the best team in the NFC West next year, the year after or whatnot, given the way some of these other teams are going. It's, it just doesn't, it doesn't seem like it. And you're right. They, they really like a lot of things. I mean, last year's Super Bowl, obviously for both teams, as they more for the Bengals, but a lot of things did there go their way. Like they ran into a Bucks team that was super banged up. People forget, almost beat them. Um, like the margins when you win a Super Bowl are so small for so many teams, like so many things have to go right. And that's partly why I'm, I, 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 don't, I don't like tanking generally, and I don't like the Super Bowl or bust mentality as a fan, if I was a fan. I'd rather just be competitive every year. I, and I know that doesn't, not everyone agrees with that, but like, oh, no, I, there. you're there. Okay. I don't want to lose games. I'm, I, I'd rather watch this Seattle season has been really freaking fun. Like, I, they're not, I know they're not a great team, but I don't care. I'd rather watch them play a good game every weekend. That's where I am with fandom. And I, yeah, I've, that's something that's changed in me recently. Yeah, speaking speaking of fans, do you get uh, grumpy Vikings fans? Like, I don't get them yet. Yo, they are mad at me about the Vikings, but they are grumpy, man. I made the point on the last pod. We not uh, just just give up if you want us to respect your team. 
it's going to take a playoff win or two. Like, I'm just telling you that right now. It, 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 that's what it's going to take, and it's for the same reason that y'all don't really think this team is as good as you believe, and it's because of the dude at quarterback. And I don't even think we're being unfair about this one. I done seen his movies. This is year 11. I know what's up with that dude. They, okay, I like the Vikings. I want them to succeed. I like the general manager. Um, I like that stadium. <laughs> I've always thought the fan base was friendly. But like, how do you like, at a certain point, we can see this team for what, it, they got mad at me yesterday for saying on first take that the Bills, they beat the Bills, but the Bills are banged up and the Bills are better. They're a good team. Why, why is it? Why do we have to live in a world like we were, if you don't say they're the best or they're better than the Bills, you're disrespecting them. Like, we all see for what it is. We see Kirk. We see defense is pretty average. I don't understand why they have to be the best team in the NFL or their record has to reflect their underlying quality when we all know it's not true. Yeah, and why do you need respect from strangers about your football team? Like, what I said about this on the last episode yeah. was... It'd be different if it was college and there were polls that were determining where your team went and thereby the respect factor matters. You got the wins, man. Like, that's 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 the only thing that counts for you as of now is you got the wins, but you got eyes. You know what I mean? And you see Kirk Cousins, number one, if read one is open, you guys are in good shape. If read two is where he has to go, you know, it's a little tricky. But what's so wild to me when I watch him is there are things that he did when he was young that he still does that blow my mind. Like the pressure's coming. I don't know what to do. I'm going to all arm this with somebody yeah. directly in my face. And sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. But you know you look at that and you're like, you know that's not what you're supposed to be out here doing. He was bad in this last game. I Again, they were mad at me for saying that Justin Jefferson won in the game. I was like, why? what is it with teams, by the way, and fan base? Sorry, I'm not going to do this thing where you complain about fan, straw man and all that. But like, no, do it, do it, do it. It's like I'm respect the quarterback or or else. Like, you can't talk about Miami, and if you praise people other than Tua, you're a Tua hater. Why? Mm -hmm. Like, football's a freaking team sport, and sometimes <laughs> the quarterback isn't the single biggest determinant of the success of a football team. And, like, it feel like, yeah, like, right. It is incredible that you have arguably the best wide receiver in the NFL and that your quarterback can just throw up 50-50 balls all day and he can come down with everything. It's a good development that your quarterback's willing to do that because he wasn't for a long time, by the way. Um, I, like, There's this thing that, like with fans right now where it's like if you don't quote-unquote respect their quarterback, it's like you're against them. And I, I find that like very puzzling that you can't just like view a team holistically. Because I think they need us to believe in their quarterback so that thereby they are legitimizing their belief in their quarterback because they don't think they can get it done if they don't have the quarterback. Now, the thing with Tua that is interesting, and he has certainly played better than he had early yeah. in the year. And by the way, this season, one could argue an indictment of Brian Flores. That's a mm. discussion for another day. Somebody <laughs> could bring that up. But. They went out there and they put this very specifically brilliant offense. And when Jalen Waddle is the slow one, yeah, what is anybody else supposed to be out here doing against them? They got those two dudes on the outside. Look, two is getting it done. Good for him. You know who looked okay in that offense too, though? Not great, Teddy Bridgewater. He can't even yeah. throw the ball far. Like, they they got something that I'm like, I would be terrified to play them in the playoffs, especially if you got to play them down there in that sauna that they got in Miami. I mean, we've just never seen it before. I don't think we've ever... I, you're more of a historian than I have, like, the memory of an ant. But, like, this combination of speed with all the skill players, you know, Waddle, Hill, Mostert, you know, it's... It just completely changes the math on everything. I think that, you know, Mike McDaniel's really good, and I love seeing. I mean, it's, it. I don't know. I, I'm playing linebacker against that offense. You might as well just not step on the field, man. Like, you're just wrong. I mean, it's just dudes taking wrong angles on literally every play because they're so confused and all the motion and stuff. But, like, yeah, I mean, it. Why, it's not an indictment of Tua to acknowledge that this offense is – like you're putting him in literally the best position maybe a quarterback has ever been in in the history of the NFL. It's it's not an indictment of Tua to note that guys are wide ass open. That's a great thing. You should yeah. be happy that your quarterback is throwing to wide open guys. I will say this though about Tua, and I am not a person that pays a lot of attention to the MVP boat in the NFL because oh, especially God. as it's become like such a quarterback so award, stupid. I don't really do that. I will say this though. When you're averaging nine yards in attempt in the NFL, if you put that together for a whole season, 
you're probably the MVP. You know, I saw um, this guy, sometimes because my pod, Stephen Ruiz, had a t- tweet that I thought was interesting where he put he up great. like, he's a really good NFL writer, yeah. He put up like, okay, you know, Mahomes, Tua, Jalen, I think those are the three quarterbacks. If you look at the offenses, which of these offenses, and you get to choose someone, are you taking the quarterback first? That's your MVP. Mm-hmm. I thought that was a pretty, you know, like I, as far as Miami goes, like you're not taking Tua first out of that offense. You're taking Tyreek Hill. Tua is obviously more valuable because of the quarterback, which is why the award is a flawed premise to begin with, right? But Or at least the modern interpretation of the award. Right. But like Patrick Mahomes is the one who lost Tyreek Hill. It's just hard for me to not recognize the fact that he has literally not lost a step and still makes like insane plays every weekend. I mean, I know he's getting kind of LeBronized a little bit in mm-hmm. terms of like how we talk about him and stuff, but like yeah. what he is doing, what he continues to do year after year is just insane. Yeah, and the number one option for them, like Travis Kelsey, I made people mad. This happens where you I there are maybe <laughs> four guys in the NFL that I'm like, they're going to the Hall of Fame. And it's not a statement about the way the other guys play as much as my skepticism of the voting committee. And I just don't always, it's hard to get into the NFL Hall of Fame, right? Like guys jump up or whatever. And so for me, (laughs) yeah, I think Kelsey's probably, I mean, I think Kelsey's probably a Hall of Famer, but my thing was he's probably going to go to the Hall of Fame. I said probably. And of course, Uh. he's definitely going. I'm like, look, man, (laughs) you can't. You, you can't put this much faith in that room. Well, because what happened was Greg Olson said he's going to go down as one of the top. As, um, he said the greatest. Made, yeah, like he said the greatest. And I think Travis Kelsey is going to go down as the fifth best tight end in the history of the AFC West. And that's not an indictment. <laughs> Tony Gonzalez, Kellen Winslow, Antonio Gates, Shannon Sharp. Like, this is not an indictment of Travis Kelsey, right? But I do worry about a team whose best receiving option is a 30-something-year-old version of Travis Kelsey, which is just not to say that he isn't good, but he's not Gronk, right? We're not, where you could, mm. you could set Gronk out wide and march all the way down the field to win the AFC championship just one-on-one with him in ISO like it was the NBA. Kelsey right. isn't that dude. And that's the thing that worries me is how threatening are Kadarius Toney and like Miko Hardman going to be, though I am high on Kadarius Tony. I don't care. Dude, did you see him in this? Oh my God. That dude. First of all, Andy Reid, Eric Bieniemy, I've already figured out how to use him in a devastating fashion. I mean, but, and I think the part of the reason I still believe in the Chiefs offense year after year is just what they're able to do on the field schematically. But Mm -hmm. his movement skills, I don't think I, I feel like I'm being hyperbolic because I said I hadn't seen Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. I don't think I've seen a receiver move like Tony before, which isn't to say he's going to be great or he's even great as now. He's definitely not. But the way his bot, like his stop start ability, agility, like all of it, it doesn't really make sense to me when I watch him play. So if they're able to harness that, I don't know. I think Juju's really good in that offense too. By the way, yeah, good to see him come around, right? Because he's fun. Like, like they, they they just telling the boy to stop having so much fun. You don't never want to be the person to tell a youngster to stop having so much fun. They were telling him <laughs> to stop having so much fun. I'm glad he's in a position where he can have fun again. I really wish he didn't. I rant about this all the time. Go back to that for Pittsburgh that year because remember he he could have just done this last year. He was supposed yes. to sign in Kansas City and then he wasted all of our time and played another year with Big Ben. <laughs> but, uh, alternate history maybe the chiefs are in the super bowl if juju goes there and we're not saying too high freaking 800 times last season because he's an underneath option for them right yeah but the other thing with kansas city you know you talked about this with Mahomes and like the lebron tendency the one difference though with he and lebron is after we briefly said steph curry was better than lebron we never dared to say that ever again about (laughs) anybody else and we were totally gun shy about it and meanwhile we had a league full of guys who couldn't wait (laughs) to say that uh, Mahomes was no Josh Allen immediately after Josh Allen lost a playoff game that Patrick Mahomes Mahomes started. It was the weirdest thing. That dude is still the best one in the league, and he's going to be the best one in the league for a long time. And it will be – somebody did an article about this a few years ago where they really looked at the stretches in which quarterbacks were the best in the league, and it really typically goes like two or three years. Like most guys don't get to hold it for very long. Tom Brady is kind of like Kobe Bryant in that he never held that I'm the best in the league at this time for that long, but you stretch it out and then mm-hmm. it turns into something else. I have no idea when somebody's going to be better than Patrick Mahomes. I, I just can't like, like what, what is it that he doesn't do? 
I don't have yes. anything that Nothing. I can point to while also being super excellent. And that's where I always call, refer to him, as, like compare him to Jordan. Fun fact you may not know about Michael Jordan. Every year, Michael Jordan would have one of the 10 best turnover percentages in the NBA. So he was doing all these things to you while also awesome. never giving you anything easy. And that to me is Mahomes. Like every now and then he's going to throw a pick because it happens, but he's never going to be like, yo, like, like what we've seen from Josh Allen the Josh last Allen, yeah. few weeks. You ain't getting that from Mahomes. I didn't watch this last week in real, it was the Jags game. I don't know. I knew we were going to talk about Monday, but I got caught up, I think, um, on Tuesday afternoon, finished watching all the Chiefs offensive reps. He makes like, nine maybe that's a little bit dramatic six throws a game this is a meme that if any quarterback did it, it would lead sports center and then we just forget <laughs> about it and move on like i mean I, I i'm not exactly like he does so much insane stuff on a weekly basis in terms of his creation the arm angles his vision all of it the athleticism so bad crazy and we are totally near to it now <laughs> totally it's and he, the mental side is there I mean, he he is so complete as a quarterback it's i it's crazy that this is even i don't know i i, I have seen actual mvp lists that don't have him <laughs> even in the top two i'm not gonna name but like I, I i'm like what are we doing like what i mean Tua's playing quarterback at a great level, but I saw people going nuts over, and I even tweeted, this is a good throw. He threw like an out route. It's a good throw. I didn't know he had this bag, you know. <laughs> I, I, I just, I feel like I'm losing my mind sometimes with Mahomes <laughs> and the way people talk about him or don't talk about him. Look, man, that Super Bowl against the Buccaneers may be the most incredible quarterbacking performance I've ever seen. Yes, they lost. No, the numbers weren't good. That dude was out there literally with no offensive line. It looked like they were playing 11 on 8 at like right there. Like I think I told the story that I had picked the Chiefs all week because of Mahomes and then I looked up at the screen and saw Mike Rimmers was the left tackle and yeah. immediately saw the error of my ways. He's out here like looking like Neo, right? Leaning to the side, throwing Remember all Remember that stuff throw where he was like, oh, yeah, like yeah. nobody could do the things that he could do. Not even Josh Allen, who's probably more physically talented than Mahomes is. He's probably yeah. faster, bigger, stronger arm, all that stuff, but he's not this guy. I would just, okay. I want them to win this year just because people will be so annoying about him if they don't. Like, we're going to start entering that, well, he's only won one Super Bowl, even though he's like, what, 27 or something stupid. <laughs> I just want him to win another one early so that we can bury the, the you know, he already, to me, he's one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever play. I, I think he's going to end up as the greatest, but, but maybe not the most accomplished because I don't, Brady, the, the Super Bowls are as much a product of circumstances as his own talent in some ways. But yeah, I, I, I just want it to be done. I just don't want, I don't want, I don't want to debate about Patrick Mahomes. I don't want to, I don't want to be in a situation where we're talking about rings and his accomplishments. I just want it to be done. End it this season. Get another ring. Move on. Yes. And Russell Wilson decided, yeah, I want to do two year, two games a year against that. Like that's, go that's where this is going to be like, oh man, poor Russell Wilson is that one. You go, you go get your chance to do it with that dude twice a year no i would not have signed up for that under any circumstance whatsoever would i have signed up for that and oh by the way i just realized this i don't think they've played the chiefs yet oh god Ugh. Ugh. yes they Bronco. still have he's still gotta go see them the funny thing is i think there was a quote he was like oh i picked the broncos because of the help you know, basically, yeah. which immediately Seahawks fans took as a slight, even though I didn't really take it that way. Um, Broncos really have like one of the two or three best defenses in the NFL. They yeah. must be so mad. Oh my God. That At they're in this turn. situation. Look, man, after the Broncos, they got uh, the Raiders and the Panthers. And then after that, every Jeez. game they play against a team that probably has a better quarterback than they do. And that is not what you pay 200 something million dollars for and trade all that picks. They're going to have. Uh, two against the Chiefs, the Cardinals, the Rams, and the Chargers. And oh, by the way, with the Cardinals, last thing, because I know we got to wrap this up. Did you see that column that came out of Arizona after Colt McCoy won this game about how there is no quarterback controversy? Colt McCoy is the guy in the year 2022. I want you to applaud my growth, my personal growth, because I saw that. <laughs> I, I, I 
rub my hands together, the little bird man thought about some que- tweets I could do, and then I walked away. Good job. I walked away. Good job. Told you, nobody is more popular than the white backup quarterback behind the black quarterback. I'm sorry. As soon as they decided to give Kyler Murray all that money, they needed to be executing the P.J. Walker trade, um, seeing if like DJ Shockley <laughs> is up to something, whatever it is, because otherwise this is always going to happen. And my thing with Colt, and you know, from my former Texas fandom, I love yeah. that guy. Like my <laughs> affection for him it's is tough. strong. I thought it's he was going to be a better NFL quarterback, all of those things. What you know about Colt McCoy, no matter what, is it is only a matter of time before he take one of them Wiley Coyote hits. He and Robert yeah. Griffin, both of them were like, we don't just take hits. We take Batman. Zonk! Right? Like, it's, it's, it's them joints. Oh. It's like, it, he takes yeah. it. And that's the funny thing, because uh, Colt got that Rocky-like quality to him, right? And he get hit like they got hit in Rocky movies. Like, damn, did you spin around four times? <laughs> it's so true. What are they, cart? They used to call them cart. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, it, you're right about the court. They got to, is Tyrod available next year? Right. Can, can get right. Tyrod like that, in? He shouldn't be behind. They, they put him behind <laughs> Daniel Jones just in case Daniel Jones stunk, but since nobody would ask for him. That's where he should have been down there. By the way, young guys people don't seem to like. Daniel Jones? Kyler Murray. No. Oh, Kyler Murray. Yeah, right. That's oh, 100%. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> Daniel Jones literally probably has never offended like a soul in his life. Uh yeah. This is the one thing, though. I mean, I, I know we're running out of time. But you want to talk about this? You mentioned PJ Walker. I, there are more black journeyman quarterbacks in the NFL right now than any time in the history of the league. Yes, yes. that's yes. that's when no you know question. equality has been achieved. Not the starters. Yeah, the journeyman. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. Once you got to like, honestly, once you got to like journeyman number three at the same time, <laughs> then yes, you had like, Tyrod journeyman. He he's living. Yeah. Geno Smith. Geno Journey Smith man. was, and then he, he got, got to, shot, yeah. I think it was Dominique who said the way he knew that Geno must have been good is when they let him be the jury man after yeah. the way it started. He's like, he yeah. must be good enough to be a starter. Yeah. But we used to have Charlie Batch. He got to live that journeyman life. Rodney yeah. Pete, people really liked him. He got to live that journeyman life. Back of quarterback, especially journeyman, is the equivalent of just like a vibes guy. Like it's often not based <laughs> on merits, right? It's people like, you know what? We like him in the building, which is yes. why it's always been reserved for the the white bro who like yes. is cool with the starter so the fact that that's changed a little bit well and it's important because we're seeing more journeyman ascension than we used to like josh mccown went from oh. journeyman to nfl starter in his 30s for example yeah. geno smith is going from journeyman to nfl starter in his 30s like if you can hang around maybe tyrod to get another chance all that bad luck and i'll just never let buffalo fans forget Y'all was running that man off the job, not so you could get Josh Allen, but for the Peter man. Peter man. Hmm. And he's still Josh somewhere. McKinnon. You know, he was last with Vegas, I think, but he pops up every now and then. It's like, oh, Peter man. There he is. Yeah, he must, his vibes must be excellent, man. <laughs> that's, that's all that is. Mitchell Trubisky, already a journeyman. Uh, saw, saw, saw him when I was compiling my journeyman list. He is already there in full-on journey. Sam Darnold, already a journeyman. Josh Rosen, a journey man whose journey is over, if I am not yeah. mistaken. We need the next wave, like um, Dobbs in yes. Cleveland, I feel like could be that. Per- he, he's, he seems to have really good vibes. Yes. I feel like he's one who could be on. We could look at his Wikipedia page at the end of this, and he could have been on like 15 teams. <laughs> yeah, lots around. of pictures of him in baseball caps, yeah. patting dudes on the back, yeah. like holding, holding the tablet and going like this to the young it, quarterback to let him that- know. Is the backup quarterback, backup journeyman quarterback who gets paid, you know, maybe you finish with about like $20 million a career. Is that the best career in professional sports if you're not actually extremely good at professional sports? Gotta be. Gotta be. Because like the kickers, kickers lose it out of nowhere. Yeah, people get mad at you. Yeah. Yeah. But the thing that happens to the kicker is all of a sudden you don't feel like you can kick anymore and then it's a wrap. Like that's what what I'm learning from this season with Geno Smith and also from Stetson Bennett in college really is the power of confidence. And just how much feeling like you can do this improves your play. And when you think about it, Carson Wentz, it's gone. He's too physically talented to be this sorry. You know what I mean? But it's gone. And so we see it with these guys. We're like, oh, man, now they're done. They're done the moment they think they're done. And then once they think they might be done, it just goes completely off the table. That's totally true. Were you watching the Chargers game this on Sunday night when Jerson Herbert briefly went out with a concussion? or he was checked for a concussion. Chase Daniel comes in, takes about three snaps. I think he averaged like a million dollars per snap. Trots back out. Thief. The bad I shouldn't king. call him a thief. 
Good for him. You know what I mean? Because he changed the game. Once he got that $7 million a year contract, yeah. it completely changed the backup market. And like a guy like Tyrod now could get like $10 million or something like that we to be a backup him. because they completely blew the market for for why? Like at no point was it like he's kind of like a starter. It never was that. Yeah. I don't know. It's so stupid. Vibes, I guess. Vibes, vibes. But me to you got the vibes. I appreciate you. Goodbye. All right, check her out. Uh, Mina Kimes show featuring Lenny. You also hear Dominique Foxworth on that. Check her out on NFL Live and all the places. And ladies and gentlemen, thanks so much for joining us here on The Right Time. Thanks for joining us on YouTube. Adi Khan, Dan Stancic, Parker Owens, handling things behind the scenes. Thank you, gentlemen. Remember, follow The Right Time. Rate us, review us, give us five stars. You only give us four stars. I'm inclined to believe you are a hater. We'll talk to you guys in a couple of days. Take it easy. Thanks for checking out The Right Time with Bomani Jones Podcast. You can listen or follow on the ESPN app or wherever you listen to podcasts. The Right Time with Bomani Jones.